Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff Smith. Welcome to the Surgeon Masters mini podcast. On this episode, I have with me an orthopedic surgeon who's also interested in coaching other surgeons, basically to improve life as a surgeon, kind of totally in the theme of our uh, podcast. So this is Dr. Darren Davidson. Welcome, Darren. Hi, Jeff. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Thanks so much. And it's always fun uh, working with uh, fellow coaches and people in kind of the space of trying to help others. Tell me a little bit about what you're so excited about in the coaching space these days. Well, Jeff, I think the thing that I'm most excited about right now is bringing not a new concept because this theory called polyvagal theory was first described in the 1990s by Stephen Porges, but a new application of it that is much more recent and bringing the concepts and practices of this theory into the coaching space so that we can help surgeons, not just with their professional roles and performance as a surgeon, but help them throughout their lives by applying the knowledge and skill set that comes with polyvagal theory. So I'm intrigued. Tell us a little bit more about what polyvagal theory is and what it's about. Polyvagal theory was first described by Stephen Porges in the 1990s. And just to summarize it a bit for the sake of time and, and interest, it basically describes how we experience life as humans in all aspects of our life, internal and external, at the most foundational physiologic basis, our autonomic nervous system. And then provides us a very actionable framework that we can use to shift and adjust our physiology to match the demands of whatever we're doing in the present moment. So not only does it provide a great understanding, it also very actionable and helps us to improve our lives in the present moment. Tell me a little bit about one of your earliest exposures to this theory? One of my earliest exposures was before I ever knew anything about this theory. And it's such a great example that as I talk with various orthopedic surgeons, so many people can relate to. And that is during training. And say, for example, one of the most common surgeries we would have been doing, for example, treating a hip fracture with a DHS, something that we might have done with the attending numerous, numerous times and felt very, very comfortable and confident doing. But if we all think back to that first time, the attending leaves the room for us to do it on our own. All of a sudden, this skill set that we were so confident with, this procedure we've done so many times becomes a monumental task. And all of a sudden, is the guide wire in the right spot? We've done it many times before, but now we question ourselves. We doubt ourselves. And why is that? Our training hasn't changed. Our experience, our skill set, our knowledge, our preparation are all the same. There's one thing that's changed, and that is how our nervous system is perceiving the situation. And this is all governed by the principles of polyvagal theory. And I think that's an example that so many of us can relate to within orthopedic surgery and other physicians as well within their own specific practice domains. Excellent. So kind of just it's our response to something changing in the circumstances and then our body does what and kind of like what's the next step in this theory of how to deal with that? Yeah, ex exactly. So maybe just to unpack it a little bit so that it makes more sense. There's several important core tenets of polyvagal theory, two of which apply specifically to the example we spoke about. The first is the hierarchy of our body or physiological states. And there's three main ones. The first one is called ventral vagal, and that's the 
governed by the ventral portion of our vagus nerve. And that's when we're most grounded, most expansive. It might be when we feel the most confident. As we go down the hierarchy, we get to a sympathetic physiological state, which is that typical fight or flight response that we know about. And then as we descend further, there's a third state governed by the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve called the dorsal vagal state. And that's essentially a shutdown state when we kind of want to run away and hide or fake death if the threat were that severe. In addition to that, there's a concept of neuroception. And that's how our nervous system takes in cues or stimuli within our bodies and outside of our bodies to determine if there are is threat or safety in the environment. If there's threat, we move to sympathetic and dorsal vagal states. If there's safety, we move to a more ventral state. And with that background, we can then unpack further the DHS example. So when we're a resident and we're doing this case with an attending, that attending, hopefully, is providing cues of safety and support. They're right there. The attendant can help if needed. They're providing reassurance that the guide wire is in the right place. We're doing things properly. So we develop those skills to do that procedure. But as soon as the attending leaves the room, from the example we just gave, that safety has now been removed. And now it's very possible that our physiology shifts from having that more ventral, grounded, confident state into a sympathetic state, which is why we then start to question everything and are have more doubt, less confidence and a surgery that we had done many, many times before, all of a sudden can become a very challenging situation. Excellent. How you laid that out, that makes total sense to me. I'm, and I'm curious, kind of other examples or another example. To take a very everyday example is driving in traffic. And this is something we also all can relate to. And, and this relates to the physiological state that we're in can influence how our nervous system goes through that neuroception process and then shifts our states as a result. So the driving and traffic, we've all had times where we come up across traffic and just nothing really phases us. We don't mind, we relax, we are unaffected by it. We have other times where we might become agitated or frustrated, aggravated, annoyed, what have you. So what's the difference? The traffic is the same. The difference is our physiological state, if we unpack it, when we hit the traffic is probably different. So I know for myself, if I am driving somewhere but don't have a specific time frame to be there, I'm probably not going to be phased by the traffic. But if I'm already running a little bit late, your nervous system is already in a bit of that mobilized sympathetic state. So when the traffic comes, the neuroception process drives it further into that fight or flight response further generating those feelings of anxiety or frustration, annoyance, aggravation. So another very everyday example, what this theory would predict, how it plays out in our lives. And so that brings us to the point of now that we have that awareness, what are the things that we can do to help us manage those perhaps more stressful situations or the times where perhaps the wrong component of the vagus system are functioning? This is where this theory becomes so actionable. So we don't control where our physiology goes because neuroception happens beneath conscious awareness and it's almost instantaneous. But what we can take control over is identifying what body state or physiological state we're in and then developing in advance skills and strategies to help us shift that state to where we want it to be. 
one of the most powerful of those skills would be breathing. And breathing is pretty cool because what it gives us is three different things. One is the ability to identify our state because our breathing will change in each of those three states. Two is an ability to shift our state. And the third is it actually can be used to train our ability to shift states later on. And so as an example, if we're in a mobilized sympathetic state, we're feeling a bit too ramped up for where we want to be. For example, the traffic example, and we want to settle back down. We want to take breaths in and through our nose, out through our mouth using our diaphragm and do so with an exhalation that is longer than the inhalation. That breath pattern will settle the nervous system and provide ventral vagal stabilization to help us move from a sympathetic, mobilized state into a more grounded ventral vagal state. Darren, that's fantastic. And it obviously seems like it's one of the quickest ways to demonstrate an action, but I heard lots of other actions. And so I think that's maybe a little bit of our tease for people to learn more because they can learn a lot of other techniques to kind of manage this, it sounds like. Well, I'm going to have my action item a little bit be for everyone to learn more from you. It sounds like you integrate that into your coaching and in educating them, but also as opportunities for for your clients to learn about that and and facilitate that. So I'm going to direct them to you. Sounds good. That sounds great. I think I think this is something we can all benefit from, and it does actually cross over into all aspects of life. It's not just professional benefit. It's also at home with family, with friends, with pets, with our interaction with nature, with ourselves. So it really can provide significant benefits in many aspects of life. Excellent. Well, shifting our physiology using the concepts of polyvagal theory with Dr. Darren Davidson. There you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith, along with Dr. Darren Davidson, until the next episode of Life Improvement Strategies for the Surgeon and Once More. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.